we expect national governments to invest at least 22 billion euros to support youth employment. They need our support to take an active role in our economy and society. Welcome to the Radio Waves, a podcast series on local solutions to European and global issues. Do you remember when you were 20 or 25? How difficult was it for you to get your first job? Europe is currently facing an energy and economic crisis and young people who are still studying or who are new to the labor market are the most vulnerable and at risk of unemployment. How does the European Union protect them and are young people's voices heard sufficiently on the highest political level? That are the topics of today's Radio Waves. I'm Zdenka Trachtová and you are listening special podcast series of the European Commission in collaboration with the European Committee of the Regions. The guest of Radio Waves is Tine Radinja. Since 2018, the mayor of Slovenian town Škofia Loka, the member of the European Committee of the Regions, former president of European Youth Forum and member of the Green Group. Welcome. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for the invitation. We will talk about youth, unemployment of young people and other challenges they face. So first, let's clear up one thing. When we are talking about youth, what age category specifically do we have in mind? Well, in Europe, when we are talking about young people, we usually um, talk about youngsters between 15 and 35. It's a different socio-demographic theories, but that's the most common definition in Europe. What are the most challenging issues that young people in these age categories in different parts of the European Union struggle with today? Yeah, maybe I'm not the best person to answer that because the best person to answer that are young people themselves. I believe that always they should be the voice of what are their concerns. However, uh, during writing the opinion paper on youth policy in Europe, we were discussing a lot with different youth organizations, uh, representative youth organizations all across Europe, And the main issues that are bothering or challenging them today in Europe are still on one side connected with the employment and social uh, stability of their lives. On the other hand, uh, more on like uh, what will be our, what does it mean to be a young person in Europe today? Uh, are we still uh, free to travel to, to, to the same extent? That, and are we? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I believe that things are more and more difficult. What is the uh, reason? Well, one one was Corona, and um, even when Corona left, not all the limitations were lifted. The other is, of course, the war in Ukraine, uh, but also the socioeconomic circumstances of young people. That's why they are calling a lot for the extension of the programs uh, like the Erasmus Plus and uh, European Voluntary Service, mm -hmm. which are offering this uh, very precious mobility possibilities for young people. And what do you mean specifically by the extension of Erasmus program? You mean that more and more students should well, that, have this opportunity? Yes, that more and more that uh, we would also uh, see the expansion of the program in other new countries and that more and more also young people that are in vocational training would have the possibilities to join. Vocational trainings are like secondary schools, not, not just students in the universities, but on like other level of education. We were talking about mobility possibilities in general. Erasmus Plus is one of them. Mm -hmm. um, it, it used to be true that like two to three percent of young people is using one of the mobility possibilities during 
their student life. You already mentioned the COVID pandemic. Due to COVID pandemic, many young people have lost two years of educational and work opportunities. Do you think it might have any permanent negative impact on these people? Absolutely. Um, well, permanent is maybe a bit strong word, but a long-lasting, definitely. Um, on mental health, on social, let, let's say on the environment in which young people create and how do they um, find the opportunities, what kind of leisure time activities are they offered and so on and so on. Um, this crisis is still lasting, definitely. And I believe that uh, as a society, we have to do our best to mitigate it. So uh, do you think that now when the COVID pandemic situation is quite calm, young people are still suffering from the pandemic that was here two years ago? Well, if not suffering, they have consequences still. Mm. Yeah, there are still some, uh, even the spaces that are not reopened yet, like mm. youth clubs, oh. like some gyms, you know, or they are or they are open under different different conditions. Mm. So they are not uh, so accessible as they used to be. What we are seeing uh, when we are talking with young people across Europe is that the life that they knew before the pandemic is not fully back. Do the current economic situation and energy crisis have any effect on unemployment rate of youth in the European Union? That is one very clear thing about young people and labor market. Whenever the crisis hit, whatever crisis, Young people in not stable jobs are the first one to be cut. They are the first one that fill possibilities. Internships, trainerships, uh, the last ones that came to the job, they're the first one to go. Um, so any kind of crisis, that's the sad truth. So it happened even now? Yeah, of course, it's happening every day. What parts of European Union suffer uh, from unemployment of youth uh, the most? Well, for that, also, like, it, it depends a bit from month to month. There are some countries that have, like, a long-lasting youth unemployment, like Greece, Spain, some others. But even that, it's a bit depending on how the, how the countries are leading the statistics. However, when we are devising or talking about youth policy, what we are most concerned about is about needs. So young people that are neither in education nor in employment, they're somewhere in between, and there are different programs really that try to target those. And of course, also the quality of the employment. Um, I believe that young people in Europe deserve a quality employment no matter where they are staying. And like um, trying to avoid the practices that were really um, common in Europe, like uh, unpaid internships. Uh, so I'm really happy to support uh, the campaigns that are going against those, those trends. You are also suggesting it in a document you are a reporter of, right? To ban unpaid internships, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a lot, of, uh, especially like because the trend became more and more boring. We have seen this cycle of young people who mm -hmm. did unpaid internship. And then on the end, they could not get a job. So they just took another unpaid internships and trainership and so on and so on. But you cannot start your life if you are doing a job for which you are not paid. You cannot, you cannot even think about being autonomous, a young person in Europe. Maybe uh, some employer would argue that uh, one unpaid internship is a very good experience for uh, young people. And then later on, they can continue in a proper paid job. It's a wonderful experience. It's a very nice experience as well. We are just asking to get paid for it as well. What is 
the current unemployment rate in your home country, Slovenia, if you know? And how much does it concern the youth? Well, lately, the unemployment rates were super down. I can tell it for my town, uh, which... As a mayor, that's what you are paying the closest attention. Škofia Loka. is a beautiful town a bit, uh, a bit west out of Ljubljana. Uh, it's 5.4. Uh, it, was, it was super low, and this summer was one of the lowest, I believe, in Slovenia ever. Of course, we are a bit with the fear looking uh, into the winter mm. uh, as the crisis can come. I'm not mm. saying that it should come, but in these terms, uh, the unemployment is super low. The same for young people. So the crisis didn't hit you so far? No. That's great. But it's not the same in the whole Europe, right? No, it's not the same in whole Europe. Um, like, it really depends how depending you were on different energetic sources, um, how strong or resilient uh, the economy is, and what are your main things. Traditionally, the highest numbers of unemployment for young people specifically were in South Europe and partly in Eastern Europe. And what can we do about that? What can the Committee of the Regions, European Commission and other European institutions, what can they do? Well, our tool, not to say weapon, our tool is policy. To create policies that would then have tangible results. One of such is a program that is targeting exactly young people when they finish education and are looking for the job. Um, It's called Youth Guarantee. The first running was really successful in many, many countries. So now we are having a second phase of this uh, instrument and it came directly through a policy that was asked for from youth organizations. And is it possible to use means from the cohesion funds to prevent youth unemployment? Mm, Partly yes, but you would need to mix it very well. You would first have to have like a town or region strategy on what do you want to develop, and then through cohesion develop the infrastructure to actually do it. But there is no specific uh, cohesion fund uh, targeting no. on young people? Cohesion is an interesting instrument, targeting deficits or development deficits in different regions. And of course, if the region is suffering through bad economic situation, young people are suffering even more that we already established today. So yes, but targeting directly young people, I don't know. I don't know, because the structure of the funds is quite interesting. You mentioned the special policy targeting on young people. So could you be specific and tell me some concrete example of applying of this policy and helping young people? Yeah, um, like like the youth guarantee I already mentioned. It's a very specific one, more specific one I could not find, because it was offering a direct like a guarantee to young person that in short period of time he will be offered or she will be offered a job. Others were more focused on either exchange of knowledge than uh, promoting the jobs themselves. The Youth Guarantee is is a tool that comes supported from European funds directly to the national states that um, they designed to implement it. Many of the states did, not all of them. Now, with the second running of, of the same tool, even more and more states will it. And it's a, it's a money that's used to create opportunities to have an insurance. That's why it's called also guarantee, because it guarantees you as a young person 
the country guarantees you an employment opportunity within six months when you finish education. So, for example, we have young uh, 22 years old boy who just finished his bachelor degree and wants to work. Yes. So how this guarantee uh, could help him? Yeah. Um, it means that the state, usually through the employment agency, uses this fund to create the matches for the young people specifically. regions of the European Union are the most affected by brain drain, the problem mm-hmm. that young educated people are leaving the places and trying to find a better future somewhere else? Well, as usually, it's the periphery. Um, it's not the center. So currently, I believe that one of the most are affected countries are the countries of Western Balkans. But Western Balkans is not in European Union so far. Well, it's in Europe. So... What can we do about that? How to stop this? It has a very negative impact indeed, yeah. Um, we should promote opportunities like like the cohesion funds are trying to do within the EU and also outside the EU on the neighboring countries through the neighboring mechanisms to create uh, job opportunities and this, let's say, also vision of future. Because this is also very important for young people when we talk with them. They say like... It's not just the lack of the tools and the policies and so on. Is it the question, do we see and how do we see our future in the EU in the next 10, 20 years? Is this place in which I'm staying, is it prosperous? Does it have a future in which I will see myself or not? And how to do that? How to give the young people vision? I mean, they have to see it from themselves. You cannot just give it, but... I believe that our common goal is to paint the opportunities and to to see um, these are the opportunities, put the inclusion not just to our mouth, but also to our acts, what we are doing, and include as many as young people as possible also in shaping our local communities. You mentioned that the biggest problem of brain drain is in uh, Western Balkan countries, but European cohesion funds cannot be used in these areas, right? No, they are, I mean... Partly the neighboring policies and programs are also the cohesion in terms that they are promoting regions which, which are less developed, also outside the EU. But like maybe Western Balkans is the best example, as I can see that uh, in Slovenia very clearly, mm. what's happening like in Bosnia and mm. other countries where the brain drain is really, really a problem. But used to be true or to a very same extent also to Eastern Europe. Before, it's uh, the same for South of the Europe. And is Škofia Loka suffering also with the brain drain? A bit, but it's... Let's say uh, one one is the influence of the capital, which is super close. So there are a lot of jobs in Ljubljana and uh, young people, but also older people are just working there. So they are driving to the city. They are driving, yeah. yeah. Which is not the direct brain drain, but let's say we could use them in Shkufeloka as well. But it's super close, so it's not really. Uh, but then like in, in some other areas like IT, medicine and so on, there are some parts uh, which you could describe as a brain drain. But on the other hand, I believe that the environment, the nature... Also, the people, I hope, are really convincing factors that people stay as well. And what, beside the environment and nature, what the city council does for... for of course, of to, course. To First, yeah, yeah. First is the infrastructure, but then what, what I think that it's super important, and I try to work on it a lot, 
is um, also this feeling of community mm. and feeling that whatever are my leisure activities and my passions and so on, that I can fulfill this also in smaller town. So that you have all the variety of different activities, different cultural and sport activities, and that you can make Shkofeloka your home. At the Enlargement Days conference in July, uh, you were talking about necessity to improve access of young people to mental health services. Mm-hmm. So how exactly should this happen? Do you have any specific suggestions? Well, also in the opinion paper and when we were talking with the different also experts on this topic, there is more and more driving demand to have better access and better dissemination of support for young people when they are fighting with mental illnesses. Corona really did not do good on these terms. More isolation, less social contacts, uh, it's really bad. Um, so we were looking and talking a lot about the barriers that young people face when they are in tough situation. Is how accessible is the first person that can help you professionally? Do I have to wait? How long do I have to wait? Is it in my town? Is it like just in the capital city and so on and so on? If I break my leg, it's relatively easy in EU to come to the doctor. It's usually very close by. Uh, if uh, I have a break that is not physical, but it's very important nevertheless, it's much harder. Well, that's the problem. So what should be the strategy? How to change it? Well, I believe that firstly, we should call for the focus on it. If the, if we put the policy focus on it, I guess the money should follow as well and develop more opportunities to access uh, mental health professionals uh, as close and as uh, unstigmatized also as possible. Nearly all policy decisions have an impact on youth. Are young people's perspectives taken into consideration in those decisions sufficiently, in your opinion? Well, sometimes. Not super. I'm, I mean, I'm not super excited by the progress that we made in like 15-20 years in how to involve young people. Um, there were important steps, like a structured dialogue, like different consultation, but I believe that we should do much, much more in youth participation and taking into account the voices of young people. This is also like also the opinion paper is one such an example how to showcase how such a thing is possible, uh, how consultations are taking into account what they are saying and so on. But yeah, I believe also that the policy would be better if we would do it. One thing that you are suggesting in the document is that voting age in local and regional election should lower down. Yes. Well, we are recommending that um, uh, national states or uh, regional authorities look into it. Uh, But yeah, I'm a a really (laughs) passionate promoter of Vote 16 for the last decades. Um, There is huge disproportionate numbers in comparison how many old people are voting in comparison to young. And Voting 16 would not change that a lot. It would just a little bit equal the opportunities of young candidates and young voters to decide what they want. And I believe that like in this decade, since we are talking about this, uh, things did change also in the terms that young people are even more involved in the, in the, in the news flow, in the information system, in also like 
there is no, I, I don't see any obstacle anymore to do it. Just the political will. You want to lower down the age for election to 16 years old, right? Yes. I will play a devil's advocate. Yeah. Some people could argue that at the age of 16 you are you don't have yet independent thinking and you could be led by your parents or influenced by someone at school. Um, that's the beauty of this discussion, that all these things are said many times. And they were not said just in the discussion for vote 16. They were, all these things were said when they discussed the voting rights for women. They said exactly the same things. I believe that uh, they we proved them wrong, that women are not unindependent, that they cannot be influenced just by others, and they are an uh, integral part of society. It goes for the same of the 16 years old in our societies. I'm not sure if this parallel works. They, then you can say that you can lower the age to the age of, I don't know, 11. Yeah, that's that's also true. Like It could be like a slippery slope argument, but... Then we go to more legal part of the argument. When young people are responsible for their acts, what can they do when they are 16? And in all countries, uh, vast majority of the countries, they can get married. They are criminally responsible. They have, if they choose so, they can get full-time employment legally and so on and so on. We just think that they are unmatured to vote. Do you think that uh, this will change soon and uh, the age will be lower? It will change, not soon. It will take time. But like what we see uh, in the countries that already decide to do it, like Austria, the trend is positive, that the fears were not real and that youth participation in general is increasing. And do you think that there should be some policy for the whole European Union about the lowering the age? Oh, that would be great. That would be great. Not sure that we will see it soon. And in Slovenia? Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to see it like, maybe for local elections, maybe even for European elections. That would be fun as well. The guest of Radio Waves was Tine Radinia, the mayor of Slovenian town Škofia Loka, member of the European Committee of the Regions and former president of the European Youth Forum from Greens Group. Thank you for the interview. Thank you. That's all from today's episode of Radio Waves. We discussed current challenges that young people in Europe face and how to solve problems with youth unemployment. Tine Radinia explained why he thinks that European Union should ban unpaid internships and why the age of voting in local and regional elections across the European Union should lower to 16. And we talked about young people access to mental health care. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. It will be online next Wednesday. Mm-hmm.